0: Welcome to the Gamers Over 50 podcast, episode number nine, The Big World of Card Games, or Alternatives to Go Fish, War, and Blackjack. I really want to go into this podcast talking about card games that maybe I hadn't heard of, or also looking at the history of cards, get an idea of how cards came about, why do we look at card games, Uh, similar to dice games, how card games can sometimes be pretty portable And I really wanted to look at the advantages of why you want to play a card game and what are some of the cool things about them. So, you know, in this, you're going to have a little bit of history. We're going to go back. We're also going to talk about certain kind of card games, how the mechanics, like uh, similar to board games, dice games, all games have mechanics in them and how they work. And then talk about three pretty cool card games. If you're listening to this before the holidays, a good way for you to uh, get a good gift for somebody, or if it's afterwards, a fantastic, you know, Valentine's Day is just around the corner. We've had Easter coming up, etc. cetera. Um, so really, you know, I went out to Wikipedia. And if you have not donated to Wikipedia, please, if you're using Wikipedia, give them a donation. You know, some money. You don't have to. I'm not going to tell you how much money you have to give. It doesn't have to be life savings. But, you know, every little bit helps. And, it, you know, Wikipedia is a pretty good resource to find some great stuff. But the history of cards really comes out of the Tang Dynasty in China around the 9th century. So if we're thinking about card games in the ninth century, you know, we're about to hit 2020 here in a couple of weeks. So, you know, card games have been around for 1,100 years. And, of course, somebody will probably wonder, well, why did it take so long for them to develop Uno? No idea. Um, probably because some of the other card games are so, so awesome. But the first, you know, real, like, like I said, the first... Reference to a card game in world history is in that ninth century, and it's a collection of Michelinia at Duyang. I hope I said that right again. Written by the Tang Dynasty writer Su Yi. And basically it's described Princess Tong Chang, the emperor, Emperor, sorry, the daughter of the Emperor. Oh, good lord. Wai Zong. And Kevin, if you're out there, you gotta help me with names in the future. I should have asked, you, Of Tang. Now playing what they called the Leaf Game, which is a member of the Way clan, which is a family of the princess's husbands, did in 1868. So really, you know, nine centuries being nice. Uh, so we're, you know, card games have been around a long time, and they started showing up in you know, in Europe around the 14th century. And, you know, the, the references are shown up as a Saracen or Moorish game called Nib. Or if I say it Nye, hopefully it's Nye or Nib. Um, but basically this is complete in the Mamluk. Egyptian deck of 52 cards in distinct Oriental design, which survived around the same time with four suits, swords, polo sticks, cups, and coins, and the rankings king governor, second governor, and ten to one. Wow, that sounds like a regular 52 uh, deck card game. So really, you know, that's where card games kind of started. And we've had a lot of kind of interesting uh, types of card games. You know, you've got your solitaires out there, you have your Your rummies and your bridges and your spades and hearts and the euchres and I could keep going for a while, Pinochle. There are so many card games that are out there that I grew up with and I would be amiss to not love card games due to my grandmothers. Uh, My one grandmother, my nanny, played a lot of solitaire. So did my other grandmother, my Mimi. Notice I had some cool grandmother names. And, you know, they both play solitaire, but my, my Mimi actually played bridge. And I think she was always looking for a new bridge partner because apparently my dad was really good at bridge. And she uh, had a lot of friends she played bridge with. But we played a lot of Rummy. And, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about the types of card games we have here. But, you know, card games have been around a lot. People play a lot of card games. You know, they're casinos filled with card games. But that doesn't really define the card game that you can play in your home. I mean, you can play poker and blackjack at home. But we're going to start kind of moving towards kind of card games we can play at home and card games that we can play with family, friends, and even coworkers. They have a great game if you have to do, you've got a new team of people that you work with that you may say, hey, let's all play a game. And it's not a, you know, some kind of electronic game where you're all going out and you're in your own world. This is a game, some of the games you're going to play. So. Not trying to spoil the reviews. So really, what is a card game? And, you know, we talked about the primary device of card games are cards. And there are a lot of traditional specific cards. You know, they're just all over the place. And you have these families of cards, like poker has a ton of families. Or you have solitaire, which has a ton of rules or different, you know, variations. And they range by region, culture, and the people who've learned them or played them. So some people may have specific rules. Uh, As an example... And just general card games. I like to play Rummy where one person gets eight cards, the other person gets seven, and the first roll or first step, I shouldn't say roll, first step of the card game is somebody discards. So, you know, plays or discards. So really within that, we have a lot of types of card games that are out there. Um, obviously you have trick taking games. That's where you are, you know, putting together three threes or ace king queen or something to that effect. Of matching games and matching games are pretty easy right where we're trying to match things together you know you play memory games i love memory games as a kid in fact i love playing memory games with my kids now especially if I a lot of cards like a heavy amount so you have to really remember you have a, what they call shedding games which probably should have a much better name like a discarding game maybe that's where you try to get rid of all your cards sounds familiar to uno right you have the catch and collect games. Uh, everybody probably has played a game called War, where you just split the deck and you play whoever has highest card. And if you both have the highest same highest card, you put down three and you flip over the next card. And whoever wins gets all those cards, right? But there, some you know, you're hearing these things, and we're going to talk about games, and a lot of these play into today's kind of card culture and card games and they're using those mechanics as well as dice board game mechanics and strategy mechanics in them so a few other games we have fishing games go figure out what that is you basically uh you know basically everything's laid on the table and you capture the cards if they match so go fish uh there's a lot of other games that are like that go fish is just the beginning it's like the grandfather of those games uh comparing games who has the better cards poker blackjack etc i said solitaire uh, I would be amiss to say there are not drinking card games, but there are a lot of drinking card games. If you remember in the Dice podga- podcast, just the last one, we had a game called Shut the Box, which no, I'd never heard of. But apparently it started out as a drinking game with dice. So, uh, you know, there's there's a lot in that. And there are games where maybe you don't have to drink uh, alcohol. You can drink regular drinks. You know, you can have apple juice with your kids kind of thing. And then we have what we're really getting to the depth of card games, the multi-genre card games and how Wikipedia explains is that many card games borrow elements from more than one type. Hey, I just said that earlier. The most common combination is matching and shedding in some variants of things like, Oh, old maid, go fish. Uh, we will talk about a couple of those games that go in it again. I don't want to give up anything on our reviews. Um, but then we have what we call collectible card games. Now, They're also called CCGs if you need, if you're an acronym lover like myself. But collectible card games are games of strategy between two players, though there are the abilities to have multiplayers in these, and both people have their own personally built deck. That can also be that there's a random deck that you've been built, and I'll explain why in just a second. And this is built from a very large pool of individually unique cards in the commercial market. And that's what they say. Now, I'm gonna keep finishing this up and then I'll reread it again with with, uh, a little bit of interpretation. The cards have different effects, costs, and art, and obtaining the different cards makes the game a collectible and cards are sold or traded in the secondary market. So what we're saying here is that you can build your own deck out of this. You can actually go and buy packs of cards or decks of cards, or you can go to eBay, or you can go to card competitions or conventions, or you may know someone who is trying to get out of the card game. Or the last one, and this is actually one that I told was told was really good, is garage sales where moms are selling their kids stuff after they've gone off to school and didn't realize they had a mint in card game uh, collectibles sitting there. Uh, but you obtain these cards and then you're going to play against someone and maybe a, a, a card has an attack versus a defense versus a special spell or special action that's attached to it. Um, And then, you know, obtaining these cards, like I said, you go out and you find them everywhere. So the big games that are attached to this, you may have heard this or you may go to a board game and you'll see this all over the board game, is Magic the Gathering. And Magic the Gathering is this card game. I'm going to do an entire podcast on Magic the Gathering because it is such an interesting and amazing game. It's one of the most well-known games out there. It is incredibly interesting. The tournaments are massive. Um, I have actually been to a game convention where they had an entire three floors dedicated only to magic. Tournaments, free play, and then vendors. Uh, It is a massive game. It is owned by, or I think it's owned by Wizards of the West Coast still. It may not be, I could be wrong there. It might actually, might've been purchased. Um, But what's really awesome is I actually have a friend who knows somebody. So hopefully I'll be able to even talk to some folks over at the Magic, uh, the gathering group. But that is a huge one. The other one, and you've probably heard of Pokemon. It's not Pokemon. It's Yu-Gi-Oh. Y-U-G-I-O-H. And you say Yu-Gi-Oh. So, all right. So Yu-Gi-Oh is another card game very similar to having characters like Pokemon and it is a battling kind of game where you collect and you 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 can see people and if you go to a game store and look at like the events you're going to see Magic tournament or Yu-Gi-Oh tournament and it is so interesting to watch because not only is there a strategy element there's a mathematical element and there's also a Philosophical? Am I aggressive and attack? Am I back on defense element that's built into it? So, we're going to go. I'm going to go over both of those games in our own podcast because I think it's awesome. Um, and if you're concerned that somebody's playing Magic the Gathering and that they're going to be under the overpass or, like, yeah, under the overpass and, you know, sacrificing things or doing things, I wouldn't worry about that. I would be more like, this is the person who's going to create the most awesome book report or develop a project and have the skills to understand the economics as well as the strategies, the costs, those types of things. It's not such a bad thing. People may say, oh my gosh, look how much money somebody's putting this. I've heard NFL players that have lost binders of fifty dollars to $100,000 in magic cards. Uh, it is just a huge industry, and it's really good, I think, for the gaming industry because it does open an entire space and show really the, the, you know, the differentiation or the diversity of gaming. Alright. A couple more types. Casino or gambling games. Easy enough. Uh, you have your, your pie gals. You've got all sorts of baccarat, all sorts of like James Bond games. Uh, simulation card games, which are super awesome where you simulate things. I've seen in the last two, three days some amazing simulation card games. And kind of talk a little bit about one uh, there. And then fictional card games. So these are something that deals in fiction. So we could be in a superhero universe, we could be a fantasy universe, we could be in a science fiction, you know, a galaxy's far away universe. There are a lot of different card games. Those are all the types, which, again, like board games, there are so many. Dice games, there are so many. Card games, who knew, right? Uh, if Growing up with me, I would have thought, oh, there are only like five or six different kind of card games. Now I understand there are thousands, which is awesome. And you can find one that fits what you like. And it could be content, it could be gameplay, it could be mechanics. That's what makes this awesome. Again, ask your board game people. We're going to talk about where to go get these in a second, but ask your board game people. So I found a really cool article and I'm going to link that article out when I do the podcast uh notes and out on Twitter. I'm going to thank Tech Advisor over in the UK because they have such a really awesome card games. What are the best card games of 2019? And, you know, they hit the, the nail on the head with several of these card games uh, because they are things that, you know, I would play. I, have, I actually own three of them, which is super awesome. Um, but they put in a quote inside of, what their, uh, what their article is talking about. And it says, we live in the golden age of board games and party games, but one of the downsides sides of lavishly designed modern board games is that they tend to be expensive, and many of them come in massive boxes, too. If you rather have something that won't break the bank and can be easily chucked in a bag, your best bet is to go for a card game instead. They're absolutely correct. They are 100% correct in that that a card game can fit in your pocket. Three of the card games I bought last night at Uncle's Board Games, uh, which I'll give them another shout out when we talk about the games, were all ones that I could take and put them into a small pouch or I have a bag of holding I bought a while back. I can throw them in. So really, really awesome that they fit in there. Now, continuing this card games tend to be simpler lighter cheaper and quicker to play than their board game cousins that doesn't mean they lack the depth of quality so the ones that the article was talking about and i'm just going to pick on one like sushi go i talked about sushi go in one of the earlier podcasts it is a really fun game it's cards it's fits into a deck and we actually carry it wherever we go and we travel with our kids because when you're bored and you're sitting there let's say you have to wait a couple hours in a hotel room or you're in an airport fire out the sushi go and play it on a table i am actually getting ready to take a trip with my kids and i'm really looking forward to being that family that's playing a board a card game uh, in the food court at the airport while we're waiting for something so that'll be a lot of fun all right Last piece, and they're, this is a finally note that they've ignored traditional card games and what they're talking about. So when you see this link, it's out there. It's a Tech Advisor, Best Card Games of 2019. Really good ones. Now, not all of them are for kids. Cards Against Humanity, I think I've talked about, it, very adult game. Uh, Apples to Apples is a better version of that game uh, for kids to play. All right. So really talking about that. So again, the advantages of card games. Card games are more compact. They don't take up as much space. Again, and I will promise you this, they are cheaper. So if you're going to buy, and I'll pick on Gloomhaven, because Gloomhaven is an amazing board game, but compare Gloomhaven Gloomhaven to Sushi Go, and I'm going to tell you, the price difference is kind of big. But Gloomhaven has a ton of content that's out there, a ton of different things you can do. Sushi Go, very compact. Deep in which play games, you can do it fast. Um, but I, you know, doing this again, I went over to my board game store. Where do I buy card games? I went to Uncle's Board Games, of course. I actually tried to go try a different board game store out. Not that I was cheating on Uncle's, but I just thought, oh, well, let's see what everybody has. And what's great about Uncle's, I'll just leave it, is they have better parking. I can get into that place. The other two board game stores I looked at, I couldn't even get in their parking lots. They had shared it with other folks. Um, so, you know, the board game store is the best place to go. And I will tell you, the board game store has the people who understand the game. They're going to say, Hey, I would love a game that I could play at the airport, or I'm going to breakfast with my kids. And, you know, sometimes it takes like 30 minutes for them to get stuff out to the table. I'd love a game to just throw into my purse or into my pocket and just take it with me. I don't have a purse, but my wife's purse. Um, but, you know, something to that effect. The advantages are small. The cost of most card games is less than $20. In fact, the ones I bought, I think were all $12.99, $13.99. So I picked up uh, several of them. And then finally, the gameplay can also be pretty simple and easy. Now, you can get into some very difficult, every game can take it up to a difficult level, but Sushi Go is a game that my kids have picked up. We play quickly. I have Exploding Kittens, which we're going to talk about in just a second as well. We picked up Exploding Kittens, and it is super easy to play. Again, five minutes, we were playing so go and take a look at your you know, board game store. And then, of course, you have the, you know, Walmarts, Targets. Um, who am I forgetting? Walmart, Target. I feel like I forgot somebody in there. But, oh, yeah, Amazon. Forgot those guys, too. You can find them out there. Um, but, again, if you go in and you ask a board game store a lot of stuff, and, you know, buy some of the board game, but, yeah, you're like, oh, I'm going to save two bucks going to Amazon. One, you're going to get it right in your hand. So somebody might not steal it. But two, you're taking care of the store that really took care of you on the information. All right. I'd like to step into the reviews now. So the first review, like I said, is Exploding Kittens. And I'm going to read exactly what it says about Exploding Kittens. It sounds horrible. Exploding Kittens is a kitty-powered version of Russian roulette. It gets worse by the second, doesn't it? Kidding. Uh, Players take turns drawing cards until someone draws an exploding kitten and loses the game. The deck is made up of cards that let you avoid exploding by peeking at cards before you draw, forcing your opponent to draw cards, or shuffling the deck. The game gets more and more intense as each card you draw. Now, if you get the Exploding Kitten right off the bat, okay, well, you lost the game, reshuffle. But let's say the Exploding Kitten is sitting at the very bottom. Think about the tension that's going to run through that, plus the fun of people looking and waiting and it not being them. Um, you know, The fewer deck cards you get in there, it'll be great. Now, built two to five players. Average game time is 15 minutes, because you can play lots of You can play this multiple games, and it's a seven-plus game. So seven-year-olds plus can do it. Now, no kittens were harmed in the creation of Exploding Kittens. Um, it's just a concept. Don't worry about it. Don't get upset. And why I love this game are there are so few games that force you to dr- drive you to losing. Losing is the option, and you're trying to not. You know, most times you're trying to win. This one, you're trying to not lose. And I love the aspects of the game, like forcing someone else to draw cards or being able to peek ahead is also a great way to avoid that losing. It's also, like I said, really quick pace. Most card games are going to be a lot faster pace. Now, some of them can get up to an hour, but some are going to be about you know 15 minutes, 30 minutes, which is fun because if you're thinking about younger folks, and I don't mean like 16, I'm talking like 7, 8, 9, 10, they're going to need to focus on that game, not... You know, for three, four hours and get up like the old Monopoly games used to play on Christmas Day or whatever. They're going to want to play a fast-paced game. They're going to lose their attention span. Again, this is also something you can throw on the table when you're out to eat. Or while people are waiting for dinner to get ready, take it out, Say here, go play a game. All right. The second one, and I'd be a miss. my kids told me that I have to put this one on here. Is one of their favorite games, and it's one of their favorite games they love playing with their grandparents. So our in-laws love playing this game. It's called Monopoly Deal. It's a card game. And it's a fast-paced, addictive card game where your luck can change in the play of a card. Collect three complete property sets, but beware of debt collectors, forced deals, and the dreaded deal breakers. We could change your fortunes at any time. So how you win, you get three properties. So very similar, the whole Monopoly complex thrown into a card game, but it's got some different mechanics built into it why my kids love playing this game and why I think my in-laws like is it's familiar. Everybody knows monopoly. It is very easy to play and there are action cards built into it. There are property cards, there are houses and hotels and there's money cards. So it is all the pretty much mechanics that you do not have, or you do have, I should say you do have in the board game without having to, you know, count out the money, move the properties, get everybody. Somebody fights over the thimble or the car or the, the scotty dog or roll the dice set up our you know set the whole game up now you can take this out and you can play a game in 15 minutes so it's two to five players again 15 minutes in the time and it's an age a plus i'd actually say it's ages six up because that's when my kids started playing it um you know again my kids told me to recommend this game they said you know you're talking about card games and i said like you know i sat at the table last night and i said hmm, what card games do you guys think and i thought you know they're going to give me maybe Exploding kitten, maybe Sushi Go. Now, this was the first one. It's actually the first one that, that you know, their grandparents come. We play a lot. They play a lot of Yahtzee or Farcle or other board games. We eventually loosen them up and get them in the Catan and then open them up to a brand new board game that, you know, it's kind of, you can tell that the wheels are trying to be figured out because it's some of the more board games get difficult. But really the playability of this game is awesome. You can learn and play it quickly. It's, like I said, it's like the board game. not the board game though it's got all the names and familiarity and the matching properties develop strategy and i loved my kids playing strategy games and math games and learning things like that so again monopoly card deal game is great all right from there we're going to go to one that if i had i'm thinking back to a scenario about six or seven years ago i started a new company i was a remote employee i had to go to an uh, office And I was meeting, our entire team was all meeting together for the first time. Most, like two people knew each other. And, you know, you want to have have an icebreaker, right? What's your favorite thing to do? Or what's your favorite food? Well, those types of things. 450 things to do in your life is a card game that would have been perfect for that group of people. I'm going to read the description. So, 450 Things to Do in Your Life is a voting game where players guess which activities their opponents would like to try and vote accordingly. It's a perfect game to get to know each other better and then get the party started. Now, I don't know where the party gets started after that, but I think this would have been a great place to find out something about the folks we work with. Um, Everybody that works with me eventually figures out that I love the University of Kentucky sports because I probably wear a lot of their shirts. So that would be something you could get off of just the face value. But without asking or finding out, like, you know, what's something somebody would do. Great games. Again, 75 double-sided playing cards, each with three different activities on them is how this kind of works out. And the lead player opens a card, and the player to the left side of him or her calls a random number of the activity. The lead player reads out the task aloud. After that, everybody assesses the readiness to perform that particular task. So I may say, I want to climb Mount Everest but I don't look like I should be in the shape to climb Mount Everest right now. Or, you know, I, I want to learn how to dunk a basketball, but yet maybe I was five 2 I'm not. And I'm have no reason to dunk a basketball. Anyhow. But after that, they assess it and you say you'd either, I wouldn't do it all the way up to, I'd love to try it again. a, a way to say, Hmm, that's interesting. I didn't think Mitch was in the mountain biking or mountain hiking or you know, I think Mitch doesn't like the dunk basketball. So, huh? Well, we won't be going to watch the basketball game together, um, which I would totally watch every basketball game. But again, this is one of those, you know, games. And it says during the game, the players will not only have fun, but also learn a lot about each other and perhaps learn something new about yourself. So, if you the thing I liked about that was that you get some great activity of learning something about other people. But then you think about it. Maybe I've never thought about becoming someone who likes to watch. To go bird watching. Um, Something to that effect. Um, You know, maybe you're not ready to shave your head. And one of the things it says here is like, am I ready to shave my head, scuba dive, or kiss a frog? Uh, I'm going to say the latter. Probably nobody I know is going to do the latter. Uh. Say a very small person, I just shape their head, but you never know who's going to scuba dive. Uh, the cool thing about this game, as well, is the players are three to ninety-nine. You could do this in a room setting, and now I'm sitting here thinking, hmm, I belong to a team of a couple hundred people. If we ever have to break the ice at some event, this would be the way to do it. Or if you're in a speaking engagement and you know you've got ten minutes. I'm not saying I'm going to carry around the 450 things to do in your life cards in my pocket, but I could carry a couple of them around just in case. So, and it's probably not something that you want to do while you're sitting in an airplane. Maybe ask the entire row to play with you. Although I think it would be kind of fun if you did that. Um, but the game usually takes about 30 to 35 minutes. It says 18 plus. Uh, there's there's a few things in there, you know, like shaving your head. I don't think I'd want my 10 year old thinking about shaving her hair. She has beautiful hair. Uh, So that you have to really think about your audience and playing it and maybe take a look at some of the cards, pull some of the cards out that maybe don't fit. You're not, you can go through every single card. You don't have to normally. Again, the reason I love this game is this is a party game. It is meant for friends, family, coworkers. Uh, Again, I said, I haven't seen every card, so be careful. And I think this would be a fun game if you're going to have a holiday party, if you're going to be having a get together, if you have a work event or you have a brand new team, vet the cards, please, ahead of time. I'm just telling you right now for your HR staff. I'm not an HR person, but I've been through enough of those classes. I guess they've really got to me. So if you're an HR person, you're probably loving it. Um, but I remember these games, it was, it was very fun. And, you know, we had to talk to each other not everybody was staring at their phone and we weren't putting VR goggles on it. We weren't trying to solve a puzzle box and teams of three. This is a game that everybody in the room can play. And when you're looking around each other, you can talk a little bit. It's great. Um, there is a level of introspection around this. Hmm. I've never thought of scuba diving. Maybe I'd like to scuba dive someday, you know? That's, that's what's great is it could help you develop even a maybe the next trip or adventure. Um, going back, though, this is just my last kind of final thoughts on card games is take a look at card games. If you are looking again, right, we're right. Seven days, a week before Christmas. If you're looking for a game to put something or looking for something to stuff in somebody's stocking, if you have to go to something that has a white elephant gift or a Yankee, I can't remember. So Yankee Exchange, that's what they call it in Boston. That always cracked me up. But it's something where you need to get somebody like a $10 to $20 gift. A card game is awesome. And somebody may look at you and say, why would you buy me a card game? I live by myself. I'm like, well, why don't you bring a card game over sometime? I'll open a bottle of wine or we'll have a couple beers or cocktail. We'll play a card game and get to know each other neighbor. Something like that. I think that card games are going to be fantastic for you and your friends. And you're going to have a lot of fun with them. Really awesome stuff. Um, with the Christmas holiday coming up, I am going to really try to get a podcast out next week. <laughs> I don't know if I will. I may be playing too many board games and card games and dice games and video games with my kids to actually get that done. But if we do not talk until, say, the week after, I hope you have a happy holiday. I hope you had a great Hanukkah and uh, any other holidays that we're celebrating. And we will talk soon. But I hope to get one more out before the end of the year. So uh, talk to you soon and have a great day. And don't forget to go buy some card games at your local board game store. Please.